0: Uh, this this uh, it's says it's negative eight. Feels like negative twenty nine right now. <laughs> um, there's parts of Alaska that are warmer than the Chicagoland area.
1: That's insane. That sounds very insane.
0: Just so you know, big,
1: big winter storms, though, man. Hey, at least you're on Buffalo. Could be worse.
0: I'm not in Buffalo, and I'm not in Kansas City.
1: Well, yeah, that too. That too. That's true. Uh, Buffalo light is how that was last night.
0: When his helmet broke, I said, oh, shit. Can you
1: believe that?
0: (laughs) Even my wife was like, is it supposed to do that? And I said, no, there's no part of that that's supposed to happen. Is that protective device supposed
1: to shatter on impact? No, no, it's not. Rydell uh, associates are sitting on the other side of a television screen, grabbing their he- heads and going, Oh my God, our stock's going to drop so hard. It's like how, uh, when Zion Williamson, remember when he was his, uh, last year at Duke, how, uh, you know, he cut on the floor and his Nike's broke on him and Nike's stock price dropped like a few dollars that day. Yeah. Next day. Yeah. Like that was my that was my instant thought was like, "Oh man, rydell has got to be hit. whoever their parent company is is going to be hit hard for like one day of stock value come Monday because
0: they'll be like, "Oh lordy, the brand's integrity got hurt." <laughs> I know it's Yeah, it was just that funny question. Was that supposed to happen? No. No part of that helmet is supposed to break. What's That's like uh,
1: a Yeah, keep that for your stand-up comedy routine. I'd be writing that one down. <laughs>
0: yeah, when I meet it's Joe good. Rogan, I'll have it set up to go. Your
1: Joe Rogan podcast experience? Just bring up the Mahomes hellman incident. Well, I'm waiting I have for a Joe. Great Ro- story for my wife.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm waiting for Joe Rogan to sue me because every podcast I do with a coach, I go, "This is the sports Joe Rogan style." So I'm just waiting for him ah. to sue me.
1: <laughs> so it seems we're the we're the Chicago Bears Joe Rogan podcast.
0: I don't think he'll sue sue me. He's got bigger and better things
1: to do. Than- he, he, you're not. We're not big enough fish, man. We we ain't slinging. Slinging the dough like that, we, I I know that's for damn sure, because uh, uh, yeah, I, I w- I'd be slinging it towards uh, being a louder voice towards the Bears at the moment is all, um, and uh, you know some people have been a pretty vocal in that regard and have the Bears have made it that way because of certain decisions made well. uh, to end the season.
0: Ever s- last, since we've last talked, I have um, been very proud of myself. I'm not as vocal to the Bears Twitter I, world. I saw you backed off a little bit. That's and a restraint. I, and I, this has happened for three reasons. One, I'm too damn busy to, to really worry about it. Two, I stopped following all of it. Just like, oh, I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't like you. Third. I just don't see it anymore because I've been looking at more like trying to get this podcast going again, looking at football coaches stuff, reaching out to football coaches. It's just been all college football stuff, so I haven't even seen it. (laughs) So part of it, it gets just because I don't see it. And I'm like, oh, I don't see it. My life is happier. Now, sometimes it pops up, and sometimes I say my piece, but it's nowhere near what it was during the season. Also, maybe because people started to realize what I was saying was correct possibly and they just got tired of it themselves um <laughs> that's about it i don't see it as much so yeah i've backed off a lot
1: i think for the sanity for your sake honestly for my sake too i'm i'm, I'm not i haven't been fully there like you have no credit you're you are right you you do have a actual coaching job jobs you have to do on a yearly basis um so, I mean, that keeps you away. But I'll, I will say, like, I have uh, I have also been kind of, I would say, drifting off. Because I'll tell you one thing. Um, the obvious discussion that makes it maddening right now, I, I barely want to talk about it. It's the quarterback talk. And at this point, I used to be kind of like leaning one. And then, like, the whole season, it's kind of been like, you know what? Both of you make extreme arguments to become really dumb if you think too hard. I just, I'm like you. I just almost want to throw myself out. To where I'm like uh, I'm almost like a guy that you find find in the street. You're like that goes nothing matters, man. I'm like it doesn't matter. G- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someone's gonna be yeah. mad either way, and Bears Twitter's gonna get really ticked off, and you're gonna have to grumble with someone that doesn't like it. You know, that's my stance now. Oh well, you know, I have <laughs> I have no say in this matter anyway. You know, right. That's that's what just, do I gotta do?
0: Like I said last time we talked, I think I get more mad about. The non-discussion, and I think I get more mad about the flip-flopping, and that was my biggest – that's my biggest thing was the ultimate flip-flopping of people, watching them say the, these things. Oh, don't and, get me started.
1: Let's kind of, <laughs> get me started.
0: That was the only reason. I think that's why when I stopped saying the things, I was like, hey, this is kind of like politics where it's like they're going to say this today, and then a week or two later, they're going to say the opposite. And then if you say something to them about what they said, like, I never said that. What are you talking about? And I just kind of realized <laughs> –
1: I, yeah, you know what? Yeah, it is what it is. Um, my other thing, I, I have excluded myself from this conversation more so is um, I mean, any given day, you can find somebody that can uh, kind of skew the argument one way or another on why keep, why not keep. You know, yep. there's now like personal attacks on Caleb Williams going on a consistent basis. Yeah. Because um, yep. he cries to his parents after a very hard loss in a game. So. Well, you know, I I was that's you know I was not
0: kosher that. for people. So I was that asshole that said, "What are you doing?" But that's just- I mean,
1: credit. Yeah, it doesn't look good to some folks, but I'm like, you get over it. I guess the bigger one that people don't talk about enough actually is one of the losses where he actually excluded himself from a press conference. That I think is more of an issue than going and meeting up with your folks immediately after a one possession loss where it was you basically did everything to win and you watched as and i believe it was utah that this game was against where utah just goes down and has that incredible last possession to go and get a field goal you know not to mention they've lost to utah now three straight right. times right. so the whole- it, yeah the, but that's the thing this is where we're at you know the quarterback discussion itself this is where we're at now every little thing you can pick and pry at and even for justin i feel bad for justin fields you know even if i haven't been as much of a fan in the three years of fields as some people that are like die hard justin justin does no wrong folks i feel bad because the guy doesn't deserve some of these attacks that even
0: some people are giving him online Right, you know? right you know not i don't even go that far like i'll sit there and say right.
1: we, keep i keep a discussion on performance and like numbers that's how it is some people go like even farther than that, like, it's where it's just completely unreasonable.
0: Right. Well, I will say, I was at the Falcons. Me, me and my wife went to the Falcons game on New Year's Eve. It was Ooh, snowing. Yes. Um, He did play well. I can't sit there and tell you that he didn't. Now, were there some things he – because I saw it live. Like, I was there, and I'm one, it's snowing, so we didn't want to move too much. So I'm really just – we're just looking at the game. We don't want to move. And – there was times he held onto the ball too long. The pocket did not break down, and he moved. And I am I actually said a couple of times, like, would you stand your fucking ass in the pocket? And people – and then I just observed the people around me and about fields and the stuff they say I laughed at. And then there was – it was so weird where we were sitting. Like in front of us, they were – if they could clean Justin Fields' cleats for him, they were going to. Like Justin Fields could have pulled out <laughs> – Justin Fields could have punched a guy in the face and be like, it's not his fault. Those type of people. People this way – they're more about the Bears. So they were just like, man, we need it all to come together. Like, yeah, just had a, Moore had a great game against the Falcons. Like, he was open a lot. But that was the thing. The one deep pass, Moore was so wide open, and people were like, look at Fields, he could throw a deep pass. And I was like, you realize he was eight yards away from the corner in safety, right?
1: Yeah. There comes a point, and the more I watch Bears football, I actually am starting to ask myself mentally – Or if I had the capacity to telepathically go and send a message to a D coordinator, because this is, I'm shocked this happens so regularly is how does it happen that teams do not, I would say more frequently double, double team DJ more, because the more you watch bears football DJ, like increasingly as the back half of the season went on, it is DJ more and maybe Cole Komet gets a bone or two every game. Yes. Otherwise, like screw Tyler Scott, Darryl, Darnell Mooney lost a step this year, and you can blame the injuries from 2022, if you please. But like he lost favor with Justin this year. Uh, I mean, Economy St. Brown was supposed to be kind of that support role, but he barely showed up. He was more of like a blocking receiver and Trent Taylor. I ain't, I ain't bringing Trent Taylor up and I ain't bringing Velas Jones up. So like that was my thing. I'm like, guys, if I could sit at home and diagnose that there's one person that you're going to see is like that guy uh-huh. and the rest of the passing offense gets completely effed over, which is, you know, you can argue an MHJ argument right here as you please.
0: How is that not being picked up? <laughs> I don't know. In game by some people. I was watching that during the Atlanta game. Again, I nitpicked Justin Field just because I have to stand my ground, but he was wide open a lot. And I even thought about it. I was like, he's fast. Don't get me wrong. But how is he five yards away from people? Now, maybe it is because Cole Komet, because he, if I watch it, Cole Komet takes up the middle. So they have to make a decision. Do they? Yes. They they do have to make decisions here and say, um, who are we going to take away? And when Mooney's in there too, you got to think like, now you got three weapons. So that's. That's why we're gonna be a little bit all over the place with this today. I'm not very organized. I don't have sections like that's why my YouTube channel is not where it is. But this is bear down. This is bear down, baby. This is this is how we roll. (laughs) But like, you have weapons, and so they got to. And so like we said this at the beginning of the year, you have weapons. They got to choose. Look at C J. Stroud. He didn't have all those, and look what he's doing right now. So that's why I kept thinking like, is C J. Stroud actually better than Justin Fields when it comes to like passing and what I hate and I absolutely hate this we confuse athleticism with being a good at a position now here's what I mean you can use that argument with a wide receiver if he can catch like I'm not saying Justin Fields should go be a wide receiver I'm not saying he should be a running back if he wants to be QB let him be QB right saying you're at this is how I describe high school kids like I know plenty of high school kids that are football players and they play basketball. So when I see them play basketball, I go, well, they're just athletes. They're not – basketball players are just athletic trying to figure out what they're going to do. Fields is super, super, super athletic. He makes plays that we have not seen. Well, let me phrase this. We've seen it, but he makes the plays. He's able to – he's broken great tackles. He did it against Atlanta, and I watched it, and I'm like, yeah, oh, he's athletic. He's Lord, strong. Yes. He does have a strong arm. I watched it live, throwing the ball hard. He does. I think it's the inconsistency, and the easy blame is the offensive coordinator, which we're going to get to, but it is inconsistency. Um, and so it's like C.J. Strout does not have those weapons, but look what they're doing. Now they're going to say it's the coach. Cool. Maybe it is the coach. Or is C.J. Strout just an actual person that can sit in the pocket and make the passes that he needs to? You know. Then we got to analyze, is the offensive line better? Is it whatever? I don't know.
1: I, I know. And it, and look, we have, there's obvious, there is an obvious one position that needs to be addressed. We all know it. center's going to get addressed this year. And if it doesn't, well, clearly uh, we need to look at the GM position a little harder because, uh, we've skirt, last year, they did address some pieces that poles skirted by going into his first year. Uh, and you can blame the long game if you want on that. I don't care, but they didn't address it. And that was a big Cardinal sin with a lot of fields fans was they left fields as a sitting duck in 2022 because they didn't invest in the offensive line. Cause they were right. trying to build capital back up. They did again, of course they, or they did this last year, you know, got Nate Davis, they locked down players. They drafted Darnell right after trading back great moves. Now you need a center because Lucas Patrick and Cody Whitehair have different varying problems and it's right. not working. The interior is too vulnerable. Right? So that's your main concern after that, you know, To me, the line actually played decently as an overall unit the entire year. Uh I don't even, like, the only time I could even consider poor play was during the first quarter of the season. After that, it felt like it was pretty consistently normal. Yeah, maybe you give a sack or two up a game. That's pretty normal for most lines that are about average. But, you know it's really kind of mixed even justin fields i would say at the back half of the year got a bit better at getting the ball out still held on to it sometimes too long specifically the green bay game i felt a few times yes. he uh, did yes. not let it go now green bay out coached us at the end of the year and that showed once again the interior needs to be addressed but uh it also i felt showed the duality of this conversation around the quarterback once more because we had a bunch of great contests of Justin Fields, I think, being put in a really controlled RPO environment. And that's what I don't think it's talked enough is this offense they're running, I feel like it's the exact same offense that Matt Nagy ran with, Matt, with Mitch Trubisky in 2020 when they were wondering if he was going to be the guy. They stopped running an open pass concept offense, and they started running RPO. They said, screw it. We'll just go back to basics of college. We'll give you two reads. You either give the ball off or you throw it, or we'll give you the ball and you run it yourself. Right. And that's exactly what they've been doing is that they went back to the basics with Luke Getze and they said, okay, we'll just start running an RPO, like a little bit more spread. Yep. And that's what they did, you know? And yeah, that you can do that. But as we see with Mitch Trubisky, as we see with Justin Fields, if you have a good enough coaching staff, like say green Bay who knows this team, of course, very well, you know, as long as you limit one of those aspects of a very, of a simplified offense like that, where it's like, okay, well, we're going to take one part away. Now you can only do one thing. You know, we take the running game away and we limit you in the pocket. You only have one option, throw the ball, you know, and it's exactly what led to it. You know, if you add more complex items, that's where the worries come in about this discussion right and it hasn't shown that the complexities of the game have been on a consistent basis to where I feel 100% confident with Justin moving into a contract decision year by the way uh going in this season with the fact you also have a quarterback in Caleb Williams that has been discussed now for three years in college as one of the next oh my god he's gonna break the league kind of players kind of makes it a very tough call it isn't some people think it's very cut and dry this is nowhere cut and dry it, it is it is so muddled because of all those factors are very real
0: um shout out to my guy coach Tatum he has his own YouTube channel he does uh he's a high school football coach he breaks down or he already talks to football coaches all over the country and they break down stuff uh he said, trade fields to Atlanta and draft a quarterback you like most. That is most certainly on the table. It um, is. Especially if Bill Belichick goes to Atlanta. I'm sure that's going to be something that's discussed. Uh, Coach Tatum, shout out to you and your YouTube channel. I just wanted to give him a small yeah, shout Because yeah. I see him on Twitter. I've never talked to him. Never had him on mine. Maybe I should. Uh, <laughs> but he's always hey,
1: on. Start talking in the background.
0: It's time to do it. Yeah. But... um. Yeah, it's, you said a lot there. I don't want to repeat a lot of it, but it's like we've said this. With Justin Fields, you have to do a college-style offense, and you just have to live and die by it. And when it works, they won games. Like we saw, when it was working, mm-hmm. they were able to move the ball around, running the ball, him moving around. Cole Komet just – last year we saw it a little bit. This year just jumped off the page. I, like his improvement – from last year, even for the first like two or three weeks, his presence just that's what you need. That type of tight end. Now yes. we talk about blocking or whatever, but I thought his blocking got better as it went along. Um, listening to him on the CHGO, like just listening to him talk and how he conducts himself. He that's a tight end you need. And he's tough. He took a lot of big shots. That's what you need in an offense. So you had everything. Besides running backs were inconsistent, they were hurt. Um, Justin Fields is also banged up a little bit. Um, and we can blame coaches all we want, but again, I think we can only do that so far because at the end of the day, they are pro athletes and they also have to <laughs> progress themselves. And it's, I'm not saying he doesn't work hard. I'm not saying he doesn't watch film. I'm not saying that he's doing whatever. Uh, I think Luke, you know, Luke gets, he obviously kind of knows what he's doing. Cause he coached with Aaron Rodgers. A little bit, not saying that he's the reason why Aaron Rodgers was good. Maybe he was trying to make Justin Fields into Aaron Rodgers, which is a mistake to do, but that's how the nature of the NFL works. Sometimes. Is that
1: not kind of what we went? Now, you can talk about the screens all you want. That's like one of the common, it's a common joke. You know, he was a screen guy, which is, it's ironic because we used to do that about Ron Turner. It seems like Bears, Bears coaching staff seem to pick up like the screen oriented OCs. I don't know why the hell we keep running into this problem, but that was the big joke. But, Again, that's what you're talking right—the same line I'm talking. Where it's like you notice the beginning of the season they tried opening up to a more like independent pass offense. You know, he's in the shotgun. You know, you do you do a handoff, or maybe you try and get him under center once in a while, and you drop him back, which that's part of it. You know, everyone talks Some people have talked about the slow drop back he has, which you know it's, it doesn't look too slow on ta- on tape, but it is slower apparently in timing. I digress. They tried opening up to a more regular NFL-S type of offense and things just didn't work. It just did not get transitioned well. You can tell he's much more comfortable running that Ohio State RPO spread offense type of setup where he can make two reads, he doesn't have to do audibles or any checks, and he just goes. That's it. Right, There's right. no stall. It's the same thing Mitch ran into with Matt Nagy, is you know, he couldn't process it as well. He he when you put him in an RPO setup like and spread offense setup like he did in college at North North Carolina, he did much more successful and he was much more stable and it limits mistakes because you have really only a few reads. You know, sometimes you can go to the second or third and you'll have that option and you can process it, but a lot of times it's like, hey, just get it out. You know, just go find that first read yep. in the hot route and go. Or if it's, you know, the ends crashing. Oh, cool. You know, hand it off or fake it out and run around the side yourself. You know, it's, it's up to you. You only have a few options. This isn't like a Jared Goff making five to six checks at the line and then doing what he's got to do. That's a quarterback that has no, knows how to process information better. Justin has shown signs of that, but we're in year three. Now we need to see, like, you need to be there. Well, that's,
0: that's what we all, I think you and I can agree and I can agree and admit this. To the three people that listen to me, is that uh, did he make amazing throws into tight windows? For sure he did. For sure he did. I'm not going to take that away. Did he stand in the pocket sometimes like he's supposed to, or when the pocket did shift on him? I don't even want to say break down. Like you could call it a breakdown pocket, but if they overload one side and the linemen pick it all up and they all go to the right and he just kind of steps a little bit to the left, knowing in his mind, okay, I've only got like 1.5 seconds to two seconds. When it mm-hmm. shifts like this, if that, and he doesn't take off. He wants to throw it cool. I under but, but then when you see when he reverts back to what he knows is when that happens, sometimes he just takes off. Now it makes good plays sometimes, but again, we've said this a million times. That's gonna be wear and tear on your legs. That's gonna be wear and tear on your body if you take hits. And you're not maybe you'll make the playoffs one day playing like that. Very rarely do those type of running quarterbacks win you a Super Bowl. Now, if Lamar Jackson does it with Baltimore, I'll be proven wrong. But even then, like once in 50 years, that type of running quarterback. Now, Mahomes can move, but he's not yeah. a Justin Fields-esque type of runner. So that's, like you said, year three going to year four. Has there been enough proof of his progression that they're comfortable with? Then they have to look at – Okay, it's the same thing with head coaches. I firmly believe Matt Eberflus kept his job, which is a whole other topic right after Justin Fields. I'll just say coaches in general. You have to see progression in a coach. You have to know what's going on inside the locker room, which I'm sure polls and more know. But with coaches, the decisions that go into getting rid of coaches is you have to kind of have an idea of who you're going to go get. For example, Nick Saban retires. They already kind of knew probably two to three people they could go get, and they went and got one of them. And
1: yeah, they got DeBoer real quick. That was they were ready.
0: Oh yeah, they, they told were the players locked and loaded for that. They said they told the players seventy two hours. In seventy two hours, we're going to have a new coach, and it did not take them seventy two hours. It no. took them like twenty eight hours. No, no, no. no. <laughs> um. So when you look at coaches, you have to look out in the landscape and say, first of all. If we fire a coach, is it possible to get this guy? You're taking a risk of not even getting them. Same thing with a quarterback. We have to look at and say, okay, we know what we have with Justin Fields. Are we comfortable enough to keep this guy knowing what we're about to have? Then we got to look at, okay, or do we kind of want to hit the reset button here and look at Caleb Williams? I think Caleb Williams draft stock has dropped. I know people are going to say still take him at number one. It's been years. But watching him last year and this year, too many inconsistencies of playing that quarterback position from him. We could talk about the the dog thing where he's like, "I just want to go cuddle my dogs." That was a little weird.
1: That that was weird. People that, that, can, that one set me off a little because I'm like, okay, look, this is you're going to run into this in the NFL. You you can't avoid media obligations.
0: Yeah, you know? um, the whole crying to his family. like I know you're okay with it. I was not okay with it just because it was, you've already lost a game. Now you lost a second game. Now you want to go cry to your family. When you're getting paid to play college football, a lot of money, you're at USC. Like, you didn't just lose, if you lost the national championship, or like when Tim Tebow lost the SEC championship game to Alabama to try to get to the national, like that type of scenario where you just leave it all on the field for that type of situation, I probably wouldn't have said too much. Um, I can understand why in the NFL they're like, you don't got time to cry. You don't got time to do that. Like, we're the NFL. So that, to me, kind of set it backwards. Um, you look at the leadership style. I think his draft stock, to me, went down. Now I know that's not going to happen. Somebody's going to take him a number. If the Bears trade number one, whoever gets it's probably going to take him.
1: Uh, they I, most likely will. Uh, his, his stock, to me, is in danger. I don't put it as
0: down yet, Uh I just won't be shocked if he's not taking at number one. I guess I should say, like if he's not taking a number mean that, one. Hey, look,
1: inter- interviews are coming up. You know, this is uh, as uh, some people pointed out, Ryan Poles is a very big interview guy. Uh, bases a lot of stuff off of how his interviews go. It sounds like so. I imagine he's going to be part of that process. Same with Drake May. Um, maybe Jaden Daniels. I don't know. Um, and I feel like Penix might, Penix right now is at like a second round level thanks to his championship performance, which is unfortunate, but you know, yeah, he did not live up to snuff in that game. Because I love the him. Thing.
0: I loved him going in that championship game. I know people can say what they want. A part of me was like he has played with more poise and played much better than Caleb Williams did throughout the year. Uh, the type of throws he can make. It's hard to guard a lefty quarterback too, so you gotta think about that in the NFL like everybody always plays to the right side. You know, I, I don't know, but his
1: deep ball throws just um, they mesmerize me every time. It's perfect placement.
0: Right. You know, uh, the
1: thing is, is that, you know, is it the system? Is it the receivers like that type of conversation? Like we're back to the CJ Stroud conversation kind of, except it's a bit older of a quarterback that has injury concerns that brings people a lot of like kind of a pause is the thing.
0: You know? Yeah, but what else can he hurt now? I always say, like, he's torn everything. What else can he well, he tear? also is
1: very safe. He doesn't run very often anymore. He he was apparently very run-heavy in college. Yeah, at Indiana you know?
0: he was. Then when he left, he was. And then they only did it a, ha- a couple times at Washington when they needed to. You saw more of it in the championship game than I think because it was a championship game. It's uh, also
1: Michigan's defense, which is Michigan's like defense a freaking was, historic tear. It was on a historic tear this year. It was like watching which, Alabama. I, mean, I can't fault too much of that on that. It was you know. like watching
0: Alabama from years ago, watching Michigan's defense. It was just. But sorry, my ultimate point is if you're going to draft a quarterback, you have to look at those guys and say, okay, is it worth taking those guys when we don't know what we have? Or even trading like Coach Tatum and, you know, I'm sure others are saying, like, trade him to somebody. Okay, if you trade him to somebody. Are you getting a quarterback in exchange? Does this actually mean that you know that you're going to draft a quarterback? Um, I also think we can dive into this too is what kind of OC is Matt Eberfluss going to try to bring in and what kind of system are they going to want? So if he's.
1: The grander question right there, honestly. You
0: know, is he going to try to get an OC that has dealt with running type esque quarterbacks before and say, you can be the person that comes in and helps get this thing going. Or is he going to try to find a OC that needs a more stand in the pocket esque type of quarterback? I think, I think the higher of the OC, which will happen before, of course the draft and anything like that. I think that will be a telltale sign of what they want mm-hmm. to, to, to bring in because obviously Luke gets, he's gone. Some of the offensive staff is gone. Um, that also tells me that Matt Eberflus is on the hot seat because they didn't get rid of him because he got better. But when you fire people, now going into this year, he'll be more on the hot seat than he was at any point this year.
1: It's the first step towards potential step. firing. Is right. you your first scapegoat is always a coordinator. It yes. always happens that way. Yes. So no doubt about it. And credit, you know, we give you know give Eberflus credit. He took over the defense. Defense completely. Shifted gears second half of the season. Part of it was Montez Sweat was able to provide pressure. Yep. So it's good. You know, that hopefully that stays consistent. But I'm with you. Um, look, we've heard the hype the last two years. Ryan Poles has had a bunch of capital on on his hands. We were we, we borderline thinking about firing him anyway. He sa- to me, he saved his job thanks to a short run at the end of the year that got him to seven wins. Yep. So... If that doesn't happen, we might be talking about a reset button across the board, but we're not there yet because no. polls stated in the exit interviews, there is enough growth to justify keeping him and yep. he made that call. So now, okay, cool balls in your court playoff or bust. It's that simple. I, I think next year you have to be a playoff team. It is unacceptable. You if you, if you end the season, missing the playoffs, he's fired. You have, if he's to. not yep. fired. This organization is. To me, lazy and very much, uh, I would say, complacent with itself, which I do not approve of. And it's been something I've been grappling with. The older I get as a Bears fan, the more you see that the McCaskies really are very complacent with how they do coaching decisions. So it's that simple. Playoffs or bust. Last year was like maybe. This year it's like you have no choice. You have to make it. You have to be a playoff contender.
0: Well, we've said this before, or at least I talk to people about it. The Bears make money no matter what. Like Of course. They they they're they're one of the most expensive tickets to the NFL they're one of the most rabid fan bases of the NFL. They're gonna get their dollar. Well, when we were at the the New Year's Eve, like we didn't think that New Year's Eve would I knew there'd be a lot of people, but I, I was like, it's New Year's Eve. Um, it's snowing, you know, the Bears aren't going to the playoffs. That place oh I think it was sold out. Like it was packed wall to wall. And so I told my wife and other people, like um see it doesn't matter like the bears were mediocre it does not matter. We so we get off the train station there's a um public transportation bus only on bears games that takes you straight to Soldier Field and drops you off. Um and so you don't have to go take the L or anything like that. There was okay. this old lady in front of us who had I think she was 90. She said that she's been a season ticket holder her whole life and doesn't miss a bears mm, game. Really? Yeah. So like it's like more power to you. Like you're standing on this bus with us to go to this Bears game and you're ninety years old. Good for her, yeah. It's the but that people go. They they always go. And so I think the McCaskies and them are like, well, let's see. If once in a while we get to the playoffs, once in a while maybe we compete for the NFC North and we make money, who who kind of cares, right? I'm not saying they don't want to win. It just doesn't look like it, you know? Who
1: cares, you know? It's like, uh, to me, that's kind of like a slap in the face to me. It's like, oh, you know, we're doing just enough. We're going to get this stadium deal done. It'll be a big distraction. You guys will be fine. And it's like me, and now I'm sitting here, and, you know, some people are distracted by the shiny new stadium that's coming on the horizon. I'm like, no, I know exactly what this is. This is a distraction from what's happening right now you know <laughs> there's aliens I, I don't 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 tell me with a good time because it ain't a good time right now we still miss the playoffs we're seven and ten we haven't been back since 2018 i'm not on the happy train you can't give me a stadium deal and tell me i'm on the happy train well especially, i need winning
0: especially because that stadium's not coming for many many years like it's going to well, be yeah and
1: they're in they're in disputes with the illinois government and well, who knows where the location's going to be now and well Ill, the state of jazz. illinois
0: sucks so that's that's mm-hmm. a problem
1: Hey. right. And I'm with you on that, but um, at least the government part of it, to be honest. But just, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, right now it's completely up in the air. There's like eight locations that are all considered realistic p- places now that they're all bidding. Well, it,
0: essentially bring them to Naperville. That's where I am. Bring them, bring them to me right down the street. That's what I want. Right. To demolish me. that
1: McCormick garage, put them back right on the lake. Keep it there.
0: I'm uh, a city guy. <laughs> oh, I know you are. And I, I, There's that big part of me that says, keep them in the city just because it is. But if they go to Arlington Heights, you're just going to have way more opportunity. Uh, Oh, of course. Of course. And they really, honestly, uh, fun
1: little thing. So, you know, I'm in Arizona now. Um, So I did go to the Fiesta Bowl out here. Ooh. Went to Glendale. Yeah. Um, Liberty did get crushed. But the big thing I got was, you know what? It softened my take on the, uh, Arlington Heights deal because that campus they have for Phoenix, for the university of Phoenix stadium. It's very lovely. And they do a ton of events there. do a lot of fan engagement stuff. It's a huge campus. Yeah. I completely understand you put yourself in your shoes and you basically remove half of that bias towards me wanting to be the it's in town. It's not like other stadiums where it's in the suburbs, it's in the city, but yeah, I get it. It's fair. It's, it's a good place to put it. There's a lot of space. You can do a lot of stuff. So I, 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 with, I'm with that argument now, but you know, that was part of the whole end of the year discussion for Kevin Warren. You know, he also did the stereotypical, blah, blah, blah. We want to be competitive. I'm a fierce competitor. Yeah. Whatever, dude. You know, like, okay. We, we all know you're watching this current regime and you're trying to figure out a stadium deal. And basically you're putting people in the hot seat next year. That is all you're there for at this point. Um, so <laughs> take it as you will.
0: Yeah. But again, Luke gets, he gets fired. Um, lots of candidates that they're talking to or should talk to. I know. Um, and I forgot his name. The guy from Seattle has been brought up a lot,
1: oh, you know, Oh, uh, Shane see-
0: Waldern, Shane Waldern. Yes. That's it. Thank you. Uh, They've talked to him already. I think, um, a lot of people on this list. He's brought up, uh, Frank Wright brought up. The new, uh, the new top one is, uh,
1: it sounds like it's Clint Kubiak. Okay. Okay. That's that one's been talked around a lot. Um, now if you wanted to do, if you wanted to send me the clearest message that Justin Fields isn't leaving town, by the way, um, they go and pick up Greg Roman. If they sign Greg Roman as the OC, I am full on to the spectrum that they ain't bailing on him because Greg Roman basically wrote the book on how to pull off a on base. I mean, he was with Lamar Jackson in yep. getting Jackson into a formidable run first pass second guy. The only reason Roman was, was run out of town was because they needed to get Lamar Jackson evolved into that asset now credit you can basically double down on luke guest he's attempted a greg roman offense and or an rpo offense and take greg roman and make it more run heavy but then you gotta invest a little more in the running back room next year because you have questions about foreman and and khalil herbert in that room as well the only one that you even have that you can kind of say fits that bill and you have no worries about where he's going is roshan johnson you have to basically rebuild the committee backfield over the offseason and actually pay a running back possibly or draft a running back to be in that committee. But that's the only one that I go, that's an obvious one of what they're doing. Right. Everything else I feel is like completely on the table. I have no
0: idea what would happen no matter who they pick up. Right. You know? uh, people don't like the Ke- uh, Kellen Moore, but I'm, I'd am i be okay with it. And the only reason why I say that he's very creative in formations. Like when he was at Dallas, he does more, mm-hmm. um, shifts and motions. He does, you know, all that stuff. I think he was kind of handcuffed with the chargers a little bit. Um, so I'm okay with that. I'm okay with Greg Roman because obviously if you get him, Justin Fields ain't going anywhere. Um, <laughs> Eric, B. enemies on this list, but I highly, highly doubt he comes to Chicago. Um, yeah, I'm not
1: 100% on that either with you, but that would be uh that would be one of my ideal hot candidates actually. I would take him. Get him out of that situation, give him a more athletically gifted quarterback than Sam Howell
0: and let it rip. Right. You know? The Shane Walden one keeps getting brought up and they think he's going to be hired. He watching Seattle, I don't watch him a lot. They do not shift. They do not change. A lot of formations they are very stagnant. And that's kind of why I don't want him there. Now, maybe mm-hmm. maybe Pete Carroll told him not to because it was Geno Smith, even though I thought Geno Smith, you know, this year the Seahawks didn't do what they did last year, obviously. But, like, I don't know. It's, it's Again, it's very tough to sit here and go, is this guy better than Luke Getzi? But I think what they're looking at is let's just bring a guy that's had OC experience. That's what they're looking at. Like, if he's been an OC in the NFL – We have to get them. We tried the non-OC guy, right? um, The the QB to potentially
1: be route that does sometimes work, times doesn't. You know, right? It's a gamble. You want the consistent. We know this guy knows how to call plays. Guy,
0: now right? So that's kind of where they're going. And again, um, it's hard to speculate because we don't know who they're going to get. We can sit here and say who we think they should get. You know, you're looking at Johnson with the Detroit Lions. But he, that guy will be a head coach. That's not a guy that's going to leave Detroit as an OC to come to Chicago. Like, if he's going to leave, it's going to be the head coaching position. That's why we were all sitting there saying, fire Eberflus, bring this guy in. Now that he's not, you can't put him on the table anymore. Um, you know, Jared Johnson might be a good one seeing what he did with C.J. Strout, but if you bring him in, is he going to sit there and say, well, see, that one could go two ways. Hey, I took a Ohio State quarterback who ran the same thing.
1: True.
0: But now True. it it might be too late now, because you're going into year four. Like it's it's like exactly. That that, and
1: that's the thing. Like uh I don't remember where I heard this quote, but a lot I know it's some I'm I'm totally spacing who said it, but it has been stated in the past that by year three, you're not really changing many quarterbacks. The uh the Rich Gannon arcs do not exist on a regular basis in the NFL. The Geno Smiths do not exist on a regular basis in the NFL. Um, you generally, by that time frame, know what you're getting. It, right. it's most, uh, that's the common synopsis. You don't see many of those arc type of players in the NFL where at the end of their career, they just all of a sudden spark something up. It right. doesn't happen. Right. So this is most likely the Justin you're going to get. Maybe you get a little bit better, this but like we're going into year four we kind of
0: now know what he's going to do right anymore right and so to all those bears fans that said he was going to be top 10 and a hall of famer i'm like well where's that argument now and they're going to make the argument i mean if
1: we want to do the stats argument mitch Trubisky showed actually had better passing numbers overall than justin fields in three years span um Um, his qbr was passer rating too
0: QBR was 48. That's terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Oh, but it was Luke Getz's fault and the OC's fault. That's the problem.
1: Yeah, I know. It, 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 well, and I know some people have been really peeved because if you bring the interception numbers up, they'll look back at Cleveland and go, well, one of those wasn't a pick, and they were
0: both uh, like Hail Mary-esque, and it's like, touche. He has you 30 know, but, uh, inter- Justin Fields' numbers, he has 30 interceptions. 30. 40 touchdowns, 30 picks. You
1: know, that's so, a very meh. So, know, if, if, these, he, value.
0: if these people want to go by numbers, cool, let's go by numbers. 60, 60% completion percentage. Uh, QBR is whatever, 82.3. 40 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. Well, look at the first couple of years he had no weapons. Neither does CJ Stroud. Weapons discussion. Can, <sighs> look at CJ Stroud. What kind of weapons does he I, I, have?
1: Well, here's the thing. The weapons the weapons argument just doesn't even fit anymore. I, I've actually what drove me crazy, here's what got me at the end of the year, is and this is kind of one of those things where it's like, I saw too much bears Twitter today. Is somehow we have some of the bigger account, fan accounts. Again, I can I can list off the names. You know who they are if you view it enough. But they somehow said we need more weapons they said this this year last year the argument was we need more weapons i went okay you know what i I don't fully agree with that comment because there's not a bunch of like scrubs like people are talking about because i feel like the same level of talent for the most part exists with houston right now by the way as it did in 2022 for chicago but somehow we revolved back around this at the end of this year watching green bay during and I know it was the last game of the season against Green Bay, they went, We need more weapons. Uh-huh. And I went, We need more weapons. That we're back here again. I thought we solved the weapons problem.
0: Well, in the, the offseason, going into the season, did they not all say we have the weapons now? There's no more. Excuses? That's what I'm saying.
1: I thought we were going 10 and 7 because we have the weapons on this
0: roster. What are you talking about? But it goes back to remember, remember going to the season, all of them said there is no more excuses because we have weapons. Yes. And then what happened? Yes. Someone had the audacity to say, we
1: need more weapons, which is probably he was implying, whoever this person is, that I'm not going to say who it is or confirm who it is because I don't remember specifically. All I know is this one of the typical Bears accounts that very goes that just kind of goes with the flow, said, we need more weapons. And it was probably implying they wanted to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. or, uh, or Odunze from Washington. But like really you phrased it that way like you don't think i'm gonna you don't think someone's gonna pick that up and go you're back you want more weapons again
0: yeah You know. yep which if it like, far- how, many,
1: how many freaking weapons do you need to give a quarterback before you realize it's not completely working out you know we're at that threshold for this year this is where we're at you know we, we're, we're maxing out here steve it's basically capping pretty soon right you can't go too much farther with that discussion anymore
0: no And that's why it was all blamed on Matt Deberflow's Lou Getzey. And I'm like, I'm okay with you blaming them because who else do you have to blame? I mean, I get it. You're at your last rope. I mean, that's all you can do, you know? (laughs) Because we're all, I think we're all in agreement that after like week two, that old line got better and better and better and did old line things. There's times that they're going to bring more people than we can block. But every single time it happens to the Bears, it blows up, but we can watch a playoff game and see it in a playoff game. Like it just happens. Like O lyman yeah. cannot block 100 percent of the time every single play call. I mean, shoot, Green Bay. Like
1: if you want to talk about O lyman you know Tevin Jenkins being the steady force he's been, he got destroyed in Green Bay. He, he had a, one of he had arguably his worst performance in Lambeau Field at the end of the season. You yep. know. I mean, yeah, you can blame Lucas Patrick all you want, but like, look, truth is, sometimes these guys don't always li- don't play consistently, and, and they'll have a bad game. Well, and Tevin you know, Jenkins had a bad game last game last game of the year. It's just
0: how it is. And they weren't healthy all the time. Mm-hmm. Like the center position kept getting hurt. The in- the interior kept getting hurt. So I mean, we can't sit there and say, "Oh, it's O line." But like, like I told you, this 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 show was going to be all over the place mm-hmm. because there's just so much to complain about with. I started unfollowing some of the, I unfollowed the NFL guys and blah, blah blah, the podcast we had somebody on here from. I started unfollowing people. I was like, I can't do it. Even them, like I can't do it you, no more. You
1: can only look. I mean, at some point now, it becomes an, this is the part of the of the discussion where I'm like, can we just pick what we're doing? Like, I almost that's where I've I've told you in the past. I almost want to like jump a year in the future, and just see what the decision was, you know, and because that's all it's going to be, that's you it. know. And that's all it's going to be for until April. Now credit, I'm okay doing this discussion off season when we're not thinking we're going to be a playoff team. And I'm sitting here going, you guys realize we're not going to make the playoffs, right? And we didn't because we weren't a playoff team. So, you know, now we're in at least a little more reality world instead of fantasy land like we were during the season. Right. I just cannot stand. But but the reality is we kept the head coach and some of the squad that we could have fired if things went, sideways which i don't recommend rooting for sideways because fans shouldn't do that but the fates of football say you need to kind of finish as a train wreck to get a fire a coach fired in year two so it trended easily towards matt's keeping his job and we then just discussed the quarterback discussion again right because
0: i don't care what people say that defense turned around when he started calling it it took a little bit because yeah Everybody has their own way of calling things. He, he's a good coordinator by nature. That's his bread and butter, you know. Right, and now they could say at the end of the season, like the defense should have done a little more of this, 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 or that. I think I did. I underrated the Packers a little bit this year because they're playing obviously yeah, right now. They're, they're the, whipping the Cowboys they're right now,
1: twenty-seven to nothing, and it's not even the end of the first half. They just—they apparently. I'm, I'm gonna double check this if I saw this right. Yeah, they they've they picked off Prescott twice. The second one was a pick six from savage so uh yeah for for some of the bears fan accounts that also and credit some of us did underrate green bay but even midseason, people were still ripping jordan love like he was some like putts dude finished with 32 touchdown passes steve yep and dude's good he's a good quarterback they did it right
0: yeah i I have an episode just from myself out there that where I ranked going into the season what I thought the quarterbacks were going to be. And I was wrong about two. I put Jared Goff up at number one only because mm. of the Lions and what they have and how they're coached. I said number two is going to be Kirk Cousins. Now, maybe I would have been right if he didn't tear his Achilles.
1: Yeah, I I give you a pass on that one. That you can't predict injuries, man.
0: Yeah, you just but, can't do that. Number 3, I said was Justin Field. The only reason why I did that and it's on there, I said I could easily flip-flop this. I said Justin Field is number 3 just cuz I don't know what Jordan Love's going to bring to the table. And because sure. you you have to sit there and think, they don't have the You mm-hmm. want to talk about weapons? I sat there and said, "What weapons do the Green Bay Packers have? Do we know who's on that team?" Um, they're going to call things differently because it's Aaron Rodgers. Now, is he Aaron Rodgers? No. They changed, and this is where they can blame coaches, they changed it a little bit for him. Mm-hmm. But then he got confident and got better and better. Right. Now, look, he's whipping the Cowboys in the playoffs. The Bears, we could not – the last game it looked like we were competing because it was a close game. Then they just kind of decided to say, oh, we're the Green Bay Packers. This is what we're supposed to do. So I got I got it wrong a little bit. But how pissed off? How annoying is it that the Green Bay Packers just can't get it wrong with quarterbacks?
1: I mean, look, it's the first year of him doing this. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and anoint people like HOF or like MVP. But, like, dude, he sat down on the bench and took his lumps for being a first round pick that had not touched a field in or barely touched a field in two seasons. He had had, like, one other extra game of playing experience behind Aaron Rodgers. He was a whipping boy for Packers fans because Rodgers was pissed off and they were on his side because of the organization. And look how he came out. You know, he started a little, he started shaky to begin the year, but, dude, his second half of the season, he was arguably, by statistics alone at least, the best quarterback in the NFL in terms of touchdowns, passing yards, lowered the interceptions he was throwing. This guy is good. And the thing is, we talk about, you know, that weapons discussion we just had, who the hell are the Packers throwing to? They don't have Christian Watson out there and they whipped our asses Mm -hmm. in week 18. They or 17. They royally whipped us. We were, or yeah, it is 18. Forget what I said. We were whipping boys. To this offense, Matt Eberflus was lost. He was playing baseball out there. Freaking! It was like a freaking outfield, all zone, tons of open lanes. Yep. Nothing. There was nothing that Chicago could do, and Jordan Love completely annihilated them with supposedly putzes. Mm-hmm. Putzes. Well, we aren't paper. The Bears on paper have more weapons than Green Bay technically does. Yep. If you look at the names alone, and they whipped our asses because coaching and a quarterback that got to sit and learn behind an MVP came out and said, all right, ball game and completely showed up and silenced any other Bears fan that had any last, last grasp of thinking Jordan Love wasn't worth a damn.
0: Right. Like we have
1: so many cocky fans in this fandom that just don't realize how much of a little brother we are to Green Bay in -hmm. the last 30 plus years. Well, that's like... I, I don't even try and act like cocky, like it's a rivalry anymore because it's that obvious that we are this, the we are the younger brother in this rivalry
0: anymore. Right, and that's why it circles all the way back to the very beginning of this when I said our fans confuse athleticism versus actually being that position. So J- Justin Fields is way more athletic than Jordan Love. I think. D.J. Moore is more athletic and a better receiver than all those Packers receivers. If you want to look at what he does,
1: I'd argue. I'd argue the case too. You know, maybe I think so too. Even if I wanted to pull in Christian Watson, Watson has a ways to go. You know, he only he, injuries be damned too. But like,
0: yeah, I think the best receiver
1: on the on the on the field
0: Cole easily. Com- Cole Komet, I think, has emerged as a top tight end in the NFL. And they're still finding ways, Jordan Love is finding ways to get people the ball. And you could call play calling all you want, which I think is a lazy excuse because there has to be things open in that Bears offense that Justin Fields doesn't get to. There's probably also times that receivers are not getting open. But if your instinct is to take off and run because you've done it a couple times, cool. Jordan Love is going to throw the ball out of bounds. He's going to be like, you know what? nothing's open or I'm flustered. I'm going throw out of bounds and I'm not going to take a hit. Um, the Packers were also very good at running the football and our mm-hmm. running backs were just consistently banged up and they were in, you know, like every two weeks we had a new starting running back. So maybe they are going to be in the market for a running back. That's going to be way more healthy. So there's just a lot of, we're again sitting here with a lot of question marks, not as many. I think the, no. the receiver group and stuff's fine this, this time around, um, we just need like one offensive lineman, I think to really come in, maybe a new center or whatever it is, I believe it or not. Cause we used to say the old line was the problem. I think they've played well enough and figured it out. They just got to build up the defense a little bit. So now the big question mark is your quarterback. That's going right. to be the biggest thing right now is, is Caleb Williams going to come in and be the guy, even though he stated, he doesn't want to come to the bears, um, does Penix jump into it? I'm not a big fan of the guy from North Carolina because we tried that experiment before. Yeah, I need to do
1: more on May, but I've seen people say that they're not – some people aren't as impressed with him, even though he's getting a lot of hype himself.
0: So maybe the right yeah. decision is to keep Fields because you already know what you have. Um, I don't know. I have no clue. And re- yeah, Flu, I guess it's reported, they may not even hire a DC. He might just keep it. He might just be like – I think I've read that. You know, they said he might hire another defensive coach to help out, but he's gonna to continue to call the defense. They gotta figure out an offense coordinator. I think they fired a couple other offensive guys. I think they fired the O line coach, maybe. I don't really remember. Um but it's that that's the biggest question mark is quarterback, and I don't think there's a right answer. I really don't think there's a right answer because do you keep Justin Fields but also draft a quarterback and say we're gonna try the packers thing we're gonna draft this guy you're gonna sit but we also tried that with fields drafted him i think they wanted him to sit i i definitely think they
1: wanted him to sit and i thought that was i know that you want to get the ferrari out of the garage and hit the gas but even then you know, and you know, this is another cycle we're in where now it's like we have a quarter, we have a coach on the possible hot seat. If we draft a quarterback, we got to worry about this regime change again and all this garbage if it happens. If you do it that way, but like back when that was happening, you know, and credit, you you can see it now at Green Bay. And I'm not even I'm Green Bay, Kansas City even sat. Patrick Mahomes for an entire season and yes people say well it's Andy Reid Alex Smith was still in his was still slinging it pretty well it's like yeah but they let him sit you know they let him develop he was a he was a freaking and still kind of is but you know he was way more of a wild card coming out of college he needed a year to sit is
0: the thing here's my buddy here's my buddy Coach West Nathan West Coach West let's see he and I are a hundred – we're like 98% on the same page when it comes to Fields and the Bears and stuff. We said when they drafted – There's an episode out there with me, him, and my friend Brad. As soon as they drafted Fields, me and him went off about what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes a good point here. He's a high school football coach, too, for years. Okay. Um, he says, we call plays to our kids and execute at a high level. Complaints about play calling and getsy, but maybe he called the plays to the QB's abilities. And that's something else we'd have to sit down and break film. And I think so. I think, like I said, they reverted back to calling things that were for him. Yes. And they have to live and die by it. And so when they live by it, it looks decent, but people are making points. When Fields doesn't execute that stuff and it's not looking good, you are dying by it because it's the NFL. You know, it's just one of those things.
1: I have a theory that, and this is because of the whole eval session, you know, and like I said, I think Coach West here makes a great point, and what we've talked about is, like I said, it's not talked enough that they revert the offense to basically run what he's comfortable with. Yep. Exactly. They did the they did the Mitch route, like what fans complained about back in the day. Oh, just give Mitch what he's comfortable with. And sure, it works, but again, you simplify it enough, eventually someone who's a good defensive coordinator catches on and goes, okay, well, we see what you're doing. Um, You only have a few options, so if we stop a few of them and then we eliminate you to doing one thing, uh, better hope it's a good one thing, you know, and so that's where you're at. And I have a, I had a very eerie feeling that if they beat Green Bay at the end of the, say they beat Green Bay, you know, Green Bay had made enough mistakes to where Chicago should have won that game. Honestly, they left ten points on the table. By the way, could have easily been a blowout, but they were only it was only a eight point loss. And say they win that game, I have a very confident feeling that we don't talk about Luke Getze leaving town. Because he was on a hot streak thinking about this. The offense was its best it's been under the under the Matty era at that time. If that game doesn't happen where they expose how simplified that offense is and how easy it was for Matt LaFleur to out coach the Chicago Bears in that simplified scheme, I think Luke Getzi's still here with us today. And we have to go through that next year. Now, we can win some games that way, but you aren't gonna progress the quarterback discussion very far with that.
0: Well, and then if you have Luke Getze here still, do they draft a quarterback and say, okay, Luke Getze, like you probably need I – I don't think they
1: do if you have Luke Getze here. You know, that that gets shut real tight really quick. But
0: Coach West does make a great point is I do think if you look at how they were calling plays, he called plays that fit – I think it was probably 85% that fits Justin Fields. Another 15 is kind of what he wants. And the types that he wants is you need to be able to read this defense and throw guys open and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's where the inconsistency comes in. When he calls plays for Justin Fields, it's either gonna look really good or it's gonna be, well, wait a minute, we're in the NFL, we're going against an NFL players, we're not going against Indiana, we're not going against, you know, those type of teams in college anymore here, Justin Fields, where like because when College coaches and high school coaches, when we watch film against the defense, you find two to three guys that are their weakest people, quote-unquote. Yep. And you attack what that is. And Ohio State is very good at doing that because they always have an athletic quarterback and they have an athletic receiver and they've got good running backs. They always do. It pisses me off. I hate Ohio State. It just always happens. But then when you're going against subpar teams, obviously, no offense – I always bring up Indiana. I don't know why, but it's like when you're going against Indiana – Sometimes Northwestern and people like that. You don't even have to do that. You're just like, well, we're just better. We just have better athletes.
1: I mean, yeah. You kind of – in that spot, you mean, you're recruiting top five recruiting class in the country. You right. Know? You're and, bound to get the majority of good talent.
0: NFL, you know? you're going against 11 guys that were the dudes on their college team. Now they're here. And so it's – The dudes are the dudes. The dudes are the dudes. And so when it works, it works. It looks great. Same thing with Baltimore; they figure out how to make it work more often than not. But again, Fields is not what everybody thinks he is. Is he better than when he first walked onto that field for the Bears? Coach West can yell at me for this. I think so, only because naturally you are. But it's not to the point where we obviously have seen it. We have not made the playoffs. We can blame whoever we want, however we want to do it. We did not make the playoffs. You know, how, how do they figure that out? I don't know. The new OC t- hire will tell us exactly what's about to happen. Well, f- whoever they hire, whatever O-line coach they hire, if that's who they fired, we're going to find out very quickly what their plan is. And that press conference, well, Justin Fields, we look to him to lead this team. Mm-hmm. They're also, I think, saying that to try to build value. So if they do take the re- – because if they're like, hey, this is our guy, they're doing that. For two reasons. One, if they keep them, we've said it. There's your confidence that we're saying this to you. If a team now knows this, they might give up more. And then you're going to tell Fields, hey, this trade package, we cannot pass up. Like we're getting these players, these picks, or whatever it is. We just can't pass this up. And we can also draft a quarterback.
1: Yeah, we all know, uh, Poles is a wheeler and dealer. That is his, uh, that is his game. And, and you know, they're going to get some trade done. I think it's, I think in some way on draft day, doesn't matter what happens, if it is the first round pick trade or if it's Justin Fields, some sort of trade is going to happen. Or if it's Fields, it happens just before the draft and they get it moving. You know, some sort of thing will define what goes on with this draft in trade form by the beginning of April 25th uh when we go in that night to talk the first round um yeah what it is i don't i don't know now actually i want to ask you this so one comment that was taken and a lot of people had a lot of things to say about it was polls did mention the four quarterback archetypes i don't know if you heard that quote from his exit interviews um with the press i'll let me i'll see if i can find it back here he goes um let's see here uh, there it is. Yeah. with all, He says something along the lines of uh, talking about the OC decision. He's talking he wants like a teacher, a uh, guy that can be a coach of coaches, innovative, and that the Bears will gauge the ability to adapt player co- coaches with players and would, quote, do it with all four of these guys. And then he would go back and kind of step back and kind of like put a foot in mouth moment and try and play it off as it wasn't what he was meaning about like four quarterbacks are at play right
0: now. Right. Well, if you're looking for someone like that, you're going to look at Frank Wright because he worked with Eberflus in Indianapolis. This guy's coached quarterbacks. And so it's like, if you're talking about that, you're looking at him. You're looking at Eric B You're looking like that type of person because Frank Wright, I mean, he's been a head coach. He's coached, He's coached great offenses, and so you're like, mm-hmm. man. But if you bring him in, you've got that he's not going to fit well with Justin Fields. You could sit there and say all you want. We're going to make this kid a pocket passer. we make him a pocket passer. We've already seen that. Frank Reich's going to need a guy that sits in the pocket and runs this NFL, more NFL style. Now it's Frank Without Re- a doubt. But like Frank Reich might be smart enough to say, well, we've got to adapt it to Justin Fields, and I'm smart enough to do it, but it's tricky. It's very tricky in this hiring process. I think that's why we haven't had a hire yet because some are coaching still. And I think they have to make a decision. Like the first decision made is, are we moving on from fields? I think that's what they're all kind of discussing right now is, are we moving on?
1: I I, I think that's the big fork in the road that's going to have to be decided. You know, I mean, yeah, you got free agency that will come up. Later on, that'll be a big talk. Is okay. Do we go for a center? If there's, I don't even know who's available at center in the free agent market right now. Do we go for a receiving option that adds on? You know, who are we getting there? You know, what are we using our large cap space for again first? So I guess that'll come up after the OC discussion. But like the big fork in the road is to how you see where the Bears are going, it leads right back to that good old quarterback talk that we're all famous for second only to cleveland in qb discussions really (laughs) it
0: never ends around here no it doesn't and i personally i personally think we have to move on from justin fields and if that happens we all now have to be a-okay starting over in that position
1: i know and see my hope was you know and i don't like it i don't like iberfus as a head coach i like him as a coordinator but I think he has been pretty low, low level for a head coach in terms of clock management, game decision making. I felt like the collapses this year and many games, you can blame Getzi if you want because he's clearly the scapegoat here. But Matt Aberflus also makes a few of those calls during those collapses. His defense is part of those decisions too, you know. But he also can step in and ask, hey, what the hell's going on here, uh-huh. you know? Let's discuss these things about, like, you know, decisions on fourth down or how we're going to manage offensive possessions. That was my gripe, you know? And so I felt for the best-case scenario of, like, just resetting the entire clock, if you want to move on from fields, to me, I felt it was best to break the cycle of let's put a coach on the hot seat and draft some kid to save his job. Uh Because that's – I don't like that. I don't like that concept. I'd rather have the entire slate – on the same page clean and break that cycle. Cause w- we are on the precipice of possibly doing that again.
0: Mm-hmm. Matt,
1: Matt has to save his job this year. He has no choice. He has to be a playoff coach at minimum. He knows he's on the hot seat. Yep. You know, I, I don't think unless Ryan Poles for some reason, gets a leash and allows Iberfus to become like the next Marvin Lewis, which that'll never effing happen again, because the... I don't think the Cleveland, the Bengals are even that type of organization, and they have at least a decent head coach that's an offensive mind now. You know, there aren't many of those organizations around. No one's like a Pittsburgh or, you know, like a Cincinnati for 15 years. Chicago's going to move on. Uh They don't wait. Three years is the minimum. It's usually how it goes. Unless you're like a Mark Trustman train wreck year two, you get three years, you don't do stuff,
0: get the hell out of town, buddy. We need to find something else. That's how it works around here. Yep. They got, like I've said a million times, you got to see some change. And that's why he kept his job. There was change from the. Just first enough, too. Just enough. Just enough. And. I, and I. It could go either way. They could say, you know what? We need some consistency here. So the consistency has to be the head coach. Like, that's just what. So I think they took that route. They were like, you know what? We could have a whole full reset. But with the people we brought in for offense and everything else, I think that they need some consistency. Maybe that. People complain about his press conferences where some things he said. I go, eh. you know, it's like, oh, you really just said that. But I also think yeah. we're not we're not in the locker room watching this, so maybe the players do interact well with him. Maybe they well,
1: no. well, the players I think do like. Look, anything they've talked with players, they like they respect Matt. That's fine. Like you can have respect for your coach. The thing is though, performance outside of that is very much not on par to me. You know you can have a coach that has the respect of his players and is loved by his players and they respect his setup. That doesn't mean he's doing his job right as right. on field. So, you know, I mean, yeah, it makes it easier to say, okay, we need to get this guy out of town because even the players are now starting to revolt, but Matt hasn't gotten there yet. I have a feeling he's not going to get there yet. He's going to be sent out of town. Everyone's going to, in that locker room is probably going to shed a tear for him online for a little bit, and then they'll pick somebody else. But you know, You can separate that as the thing. It's just, uh, the performance, like I said, he has not lived up to what I expect is quality coaching. Like I said, Matt LaFleur, I know that not everyone can land a Matt LaFleur as like this tactile genius. And, you know, he can, you know, get these little intricate intricacies with play with game scheming, but like we see it every year. Right. It's been this way every year since 20, since 2018. Right. This guy is the type of coach you want. And I watch Mm -hmm. how low the bar is, or at least how much the bar is a gap is between these bars when these two play over the last four games they played. It's not close. Mm -mm. It's not close at all. One knows what they're doing. The other is completely lost every time they play each other.
0: Well, again, we're all over the place. I tweeted this out when Jim Harbaugh and Michigan won the championship. I said, did Michigan just prove that if you give a coach time, that good things can happen? And so maybe in their minds are like two years is not long enough. You know, we, yeah. that first year, it's probably not fair. You could put an asterisk up to that first year and just say, well, we. you lo-
1: don't want a Raiders stigma either, where you're just firing every year. Like Al Davis was towards the end of his life, Right. you know, you want to, you do want some continuity, but like some stuff, it feels like it's kind of obvious if you look close, if you're looking close enough. Right. You know, and I think it's more the eyeball test of, well, it wasn't Mark Trestman, you know, taking a good offense and then just completely throwing it, having it thrown into the gutter after a year where they fired, Love. by the way, and they fired Lovey Smith, of course, you know, remember firing the 10 and six coach to then go eight and eight and miss the playoffs and the division title to then completely in the basement of the NFC North and be one of the laughing stocks in the NFL in 2014 you know, that is justifiable. This it's a little different when you're already rock bottom for, you know, now five going to possibly be on see well, at least five years. I can't say anything for next year. Things could be positive. It was positive at the end of the year, but for five, for, for now five seasons, you know, you're one of the laughing stocks in the league for uh-huh. a good chunk of the season. So, you know, you, you do a little bit better than Mark. And I think that's the threshold. You just don't, let it become a train wreck like that second year, and you can get a third year.
0: Right, right. So I think that's what they were doing. They're probably like, you know what? We give Justin Fields three or four years. You got to be this head coach three years. Who knows? I do think everybody in the world agrees that he's just a better coordinator, and it was proven. Him calling defense was fantastic. It was so much better. And I kind of, I kind of wish he was our just our DC. You know, I think if he was just our DC, we'd be sitting here pretty. You know, and bringing in Johnson from Detroit for OC, from the OC to, to for the Bears as a head coach. I think that'd be the most dynamic duo right there. Watching how the Lions do their offense and then him calling defense, that would been the case. But you know what, we're sitting here, he's the head coach. He's probably going to be the DC next year because that's what saved his job, so he kind of knows I have to continue to do this if I have a chance to save my job next year and I got to make us they got to make a splash higher at OC. And it doesn't need to be someone that's a Super Bowl-winning guy, which we all would love. He needs to bring in a guy that makes sense. Um, I also think the Bears are kicking themselves because now Bill Belichick's out there in the wind, and they're probably like, oh, shoot, wait a minute.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. What's funny is I've been looking, kind of like scouring a few things while we're talking. Uh, Sounds like Atlanta is courting Bill Belichick very hard. And, uh, you know, I don't know if – Bill, I mean, my honest opinion, Bill probably would get this, would get, he wouldn't be completely GM because Atlanta Dory has their own office, but he would be given a lot more freedom to act kind of like how he did in new England, I think. And a lot of the rumors are that he would be open to being a guy trading for a Justin Fields or someone like that.
0: Right. Well, Atlanta
1: has been connected as like a Justin Fields destination since like week eight. Yep. They, they have been like that spot all year analysts on any network have been saying atlanta's the place to go you watch even if it's arthur smith getting fired they felt like it was going to be the spot that he goes is atlanta Mm -hmm. because it's his home state he can go reset his career and they have weapons out there whoever's running the show kyle pitts b john robinson drake london they got weapons you know that was all the arguments
0: i'm also seeing all over twitter that the Cowboys are connected. Like if they lose, when they lose this game, they could fire, uh, uh, whatever his face is. Could you imagine McCarthy? Yeah, getting McCarthy. fired?
1: Like the, 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 stakes are so high in Dallas. I get it, but like for all the winning records he's had in Dallas, since he stabilized himself there,
0: could you imagine him getting fired after a 12 and five season? That's the thing I'm saying all over Twitter, like fire him now, fire him now, seeing fans like fire that fat guy. And I'm like, number one. That got out coach all of you, so we gotta just stop. I
1: would I would kill to have Mike McCarthy on the Chicago Bears, to be honest with you.
0: And then I'm I would also kill to have him. I'm also seeing a lot of Twitter. Uh the the breaking bad thing where he goes, he can't keep getting away with it. They're like, the Packers can't <laughs> keep getting away with it. Like, what is happening? And I cannot agree more. I don't understand.
1: McCar- McCarthy's a plant. He's sabotaging it to let Green Bay go.
0: Maybe. You know what? McCarthy is to the Packers what um, Lovey Smith was to the Bears. Lovey Smith got us the first round pick at last year and this year, so <laughs> I think McCarthy to the Packers is what Lovey Smith is to us or to the Bears.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, I think I see one of the memes you're talking about. Someone put uh, Jerry quote, "All right, someone get Bill's ass on the phone." <laughs>
0: uh. Um. What was I going to say? But yeah, that's that's people. I watch. I'm. I try. I I try to listen to all the bear stuff and listen to the topics they talk about. There's a lot of talk about during the off season, but not as much as last year. I think last year and the year before there was so much. This year, I don't even. You you, we had a playoff hope there at some point this year, and I couldn't believe it. I can't believe when I saw the things pop up saying, "In the hunt is the Chicago Bears," and I was hey, like, "In what, yes. are you, what are you talking about?
1: Yes, uh, clearly in the hunt.
0: <laughs> um, clearly. But you know what? The reality of the situation is Matt Eberflus is the head coach. Uh, they're going to hopefully beef up that defense, and it's just going to make his defense that much better. Maybe it's circling yeah. back around where the defense has to be that Chicago Bears-esque defense that we're used to seeing, and maybe that's where it's going to go. Um Let's see, Coach West, QB from Miami is worth looking at. Or QB Coach from Miami is worth looking to. The OC fits the bill in areas the Bears need if we keep fields. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I, I did hear that. That was another guy they were talking about. Him and the pass game coordinator, I think, from Miami who was also talked about. I can remember his name. Um, they, they talked about all that stuff because of how they were learning that offense from the Dolphins who he got from. Shanahan with the 49ers, like that type of offense that is needed in Chicago. Like we need yeah. we need an offense that comes out in fun formations. Not Matt. I'm not talking about Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy. No, whatever. no, no, no. Don't do it where it's like Matt. I know what you're talking about, but go on, please. <laughs> I'm talking about the the if you watch like the Dolphins and The 49ers and the Lions and stuff, they come out where they have two tight ends and a tackle in between them, like that type of thing, where it's throwing people off. They come out in these huge unbalanced formations and then shift it all the way to the other side and then throw it to the side they just left, like that type. I'm not talking about uh, Matt Nagy and, you know, all that that type of stuff. But we need that type of offense, I think, in the NFC North to compete because – and maybe that makes life easier for fields when you're doing that stuff because it's like, hey, we're just going to move formations. You only get these two plays. Here's your run yeah, play. Here's yeah. your pass play. You pick which one you want. Um, we're going to run the ball more because we're going to beef it up a little bit. Uh, you know, we have these receivers, and I'm going to tell you, you look at DJ Moore, than back to Cole Comet, if not get rid of the freaking ball, like that type of thing, if you're going to keep field. So, again, I, I think Coach, Coach West's point is – if you're going to keep Fields, you've got to find an offensive coordinator that's going to fit and call plays to his strengths, which we already saw Luke Getzi do, so I think it's just going to be this repeat cycle of what's about to happen. You know, you just kind of hope that the OC they bring in can coach it differently to fit Fields' mind, I guess is the yeah. right way to say that. Like That's the thing with the NFL. All the systems are a lot the same, but the elite ones are the ones playing in the playoffs right now. They They say it's a copycat league. It's a copycat league, and so you just kind of hope that that's what happens. And, again, telltale sign. If they hire a guy from Miami, they're keeping fields. They hire the guy from the Ravens that used to coach there, they're keeping him.
1: If Greg Roman happens to land on Chicago, they are definitely keeping fields.
0: (laughs) Yes. They go out and hire Kellen Moore. They go out and hire Frank Reich. They go out and hire uh, the guy from Seattle. It's almost a 60-40 chance that they don't keep him then because you're looking at completely different types of offenses. And so this is what this is the reality of the situation. Now instead of talking about the whole offense, we can talk about two things. Who the hell are they gonna hire to call the plays and who's our quarterback? Which yep. begin even the Justin Fields lovers are like, are they gonna keep fields? And I'm like, I wish I was still I wish I was still arguing with people because I kind of want to say, hey, welcome, welcome to the train. Like that, I've been saying for years. Welcome to my world. I've been saying this for years. Welcome. Me and Coach West have been saying this for years. Welcome. Welcome to our side. Just present just this Homer Simpson trios of
1: horror uh, clip where he's patting the couch. That's uh, you. That's me right now. Come on, sit right down. Join back in. We've been here for years, it hasn't changed.
0: I'm tweeting that right now. I'm going to tweet that right now.
1: You should. It's it's comfort. It's not good comfort food, but
0: it's comfort food all right. <laughs> all you Justin Fields get lovers talking about getting rid of him, and then I need to find the couch. Get the couch, baby. Simpsons couch or Simpsons couch
1: pat or Simpsons treehouse horror couch. I don't know, something like that. But that's very much what that feels like.
0: Found it. There we go. There's the tweet. Nice. All th- nice. There it is. Because I'm an ass. <laughs> oh God. What do you there
1: think? Uh, I got to retweet. Sorry. I got to retweet it. There you go.
0: I guess one <laughs> thought is, what happens if the Bears don't go to Arlington because they're battling them right now? I think they will because they've already put too much into it. Yeah. What happens I, if they I'm, decide not to?
1: I'm in the camp now where it's going to happen. It's just that they're, this is, uh, I think this is very much like local politics and, gov- and state politics in play right there. That, you know, the valuation, the tax dollars, you know, fair share for what you're paying for, for a stadium. I think that's where we're at right now. Um, I'm. I think they'll go to Arlington Heights. And I think if they say it completely collapses through and it's like, the final nail in the coffin to get this done got, is put in. Then I realistically believe they go back and negotiate with the city of Chicago.
0: Yeah. You got a new mayor, which he's not. He's yeah. I he's, mean,
1: Lori Lightfoot did screw up a lot of that talk. Yeah. But the new um, mayor they got, he's felt,
0: the new mayor they got. He's still dumber than he's, I, I,
1: I, I'll be honest with you uh, because of my employer that I will not name. I see only certain
0: lights of the mayor if you know what I mean, Steve, so um he's not yeah. my, he's not my mayor, but since I live in the burbs, you see it, and I'm like, oh, this guy's dumber than he's so dumb, he's dumber yeah. than Ron Turner, yeah, I
1: mean, I think they try and talk to him more seriously, otherwise, like it's going to be it'll then come down to the first city that gives him like a red carpet, like I know Naperville like went on record their mayor and was like, "Oh, we'd welcome them with open arms." And so, like, it's going to be one of those, like, neighboring communities that they'll, like, they want that badly, that economic exposure, that they're Mm -hmm. just going to just lay it out there and give them everything. So, if Arlington doesn't work, it'll be some community that'll give them, like, a ton of tax breaks, push the taxes onto a person, and there you go. New stadium, and they get a campus somewhere.
0: Um, I think another part of it, and I could be wrong. I think it's because the Bears want to build so much. They want the stadium. They're talking about casino. They're talking about... Yeah.
1: It's a whole entertainment district. That's what they want. Right,
0: know? and I think that's where the problem is. I don't think it's... Not, if it was just the stadium, I think they're fine. I think they're it's really a lot of the taxes of the stadium. The casino game is really tricky, so I think they're trying to battle that. And then where do they put hotels? Do they want a train that comes into the stadium like the Packers, or not the Packers, the Patriots have? Mm-hmm. You know, so I think there's... We're not getting told everything, do which neighbors is want all
1: the extra traffic? That's a few of those guys that are against it, but it's right. not like the my majority from what I get. Right. It's
0: going to happen. I just think it. they're going to pay taxes no matter what. They're going to have to do this. I think it's more of um, how much the town is talking. Like, Just a lot of things are going into it. I just thought that was interesting that Kevin Warren and them made that statement of like, well – Maybe we don't go to Arlington basically is what they're saying. Like, oh, maybe they decide not to, but I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Ju- I say, bring them to Naperville, <laughs> but I, the more I think, thought, think about it, it's already busy enough here. You bring them here. Well, that Ooh. was my thing
1: too. Like, you know, I don't go to Naperville as much as you I've been in the past, you know, before I moved out there and it can kind of get wild out there in Naperville, like it, it can get congested already.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, it's a big town you get your connect it's it's literally connected to aurora which is the second biggest city in illinois behind chicago I've been
1: to, I've been to aurora plenty of times and that that can get wild out there too you
0: know um oh yeah population wise chicago's number 1 aurora's number 2 so you bring them out here and you've got aurora number 2 naperville's in the top uh you have north central college here that competes for national titles um that type of stuff i mean oh maybe my taxes will go up never mind go to arlington
1: that's fine. <laughs> It's okay, guys. Just go play somewhere else. You know, I'll give you money, just not
0: tax money. <laughs> well, I mean, we went Please to that. let
1: me live a normal life.
0: <laughs> hey, that New Year's Eve game was only sixty bucks.
1: That's a good deal, though. Like for a Bears ticket. Oh, but we it's were like... up
0: high. I'm going to tell you right now. I got we got lake workouts. I know,
1: but like you get to go to a game for sixty bucks. It's NFL. I usually say that's a win either way. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah unless it was a lot it was very windy which you know up at the top of the spaceship it can uh i mean you can catch the lake the lakefront breezes pretty good
0: well, or i mean again it was snowing <laughs> so we're all <laughs> that the <way> too up. <laughs> That too. and it was the snow that didn't really stick it turned into slush so as you're walking the stairs i'm like gripping for dear life oh boy but you know what I, you know, I'm it, gonna take that tumble well it was an experience like, you know, we sat there and we couldn't move a lot because we were cold and you're just sitting there. But it was more of like, hey, you know what? I think we all need to experience one snow bears game in our life. And there there it was. And so here's the funny part. We left at some point in the fourth quarter because I was like, they're going to win. Let's get out of here before it gets crazy. And, you know, we're leaving and we're hearing the chance. We want fields. We want fields. And I'm like, oh, good yeah. thing I'm leaving. Good thing I'm leaving. <laughs>
1: You know, I was going to ask you if you participated in that. So you were walking out the door when that started popping up.
0: Oh, yeah. And then when I told people at work, they were like, oh, we know you were chanting that. And I, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was the guy that You'd said be like, him. clearly
1: you don't know me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, that's why they were telling me. They were like, we know you were chanting. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I, don't, I want to know part of it. Even though he did oh, play dear. well, I couldn't take that away. I, they, The whole team played well. I couldn't take that away from them
1: that that corner pat that corner pass like through that window in the snow was a very I will say it is one of his top five like best passes he's ever thrown in his three year career, so
0: well, that's why I was like watching you know. it live. He throws a hard football and he put that right where like I said, mm-hmm. he's got some mustard on it, man, like he's got a cannon, he's got know? a cannon, and he when he makes great plays, it looks phenomenal. we just need. 70% of the time that right there. We can't have it 30% of the time. We can't have it 20% of the time. It can't be for two games and you take three games off. Like that type of thing. We need it to mm-hmm. be. Oh, <laughs> I can't remember what game it was. That amazing break tackle that he had. It might have been the Atlanta game. He broke well, some Atlanta.
1: Yeah, he had one like that too. That was, uh, that one was just like, I'm sitting there I'm like, damn, man. <laughs> you know, you see that stuff and you go, man, that's incredible. And he Because he's an athletic freak, you know?
0: Well, it might have been that game. I cannot remember. Maybe it was before. He broke some tackles, threw the ball, and they caught it. And they were like, nobody, nobody has ever made a play like this. Only Justin Fields can do that. And I saw it on Twitter. So you know what I did? I went to YouTube. I typed in Super Bowl Eli Manning. And I posted it. I was like, oh, I've seen a quarterback do this before. No, you didn't. (laughs) I did. I'm like, I've seen this before.
1: You put in the David Tyree play?
0: I did. I'm like, it it was exactly the same. Like Justin Fields was getting tackled. He spun out. He made a throw. They caught it. He was open. It wasn't the Tyreek helmet, but he was open. And they're like, no other quarterback could ever do this. And I was like, hold on a second. So I put that YouTube thing up and I was like, um, I've seen it.
1: You know, something I've learned about social media is how much I dis like, this is a random skew, towards the end of this show, of course, but like it does apply to our conversation on how our fandom discusses these items. I, I have such a massive pet peeve for people that talk about things in absolutes. No one does it like this. All the, all this, this whole thing is incredible or something like that. Like, uh, all these haters, this all, all these haters of fields or something like that, or like, uh, all these haters of the team or these cultists you're, you know, absolutisms are, not a good way to describe your argument. No, the truth is a lot of times debates and discussion are way more nuanced than a black or white issue or a, you're all in this one camp. No, 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 no. We might agree on some principles, but I can have some color to this. Like how I'm talking like, yeah, I, maybe I don't want, maybe I wouldn't like fields being back, but you give me a certain scenario. You know like if you double down and you give a coordinator that is like a greg roman i can kind of go i can kind of live with greg roman i guess you know mm-hmm. i see where there was positivity here but then of course i can argue with you and go cool we get a positive year but can he grow and then do we justify paying him like you know it's not always black and white like one thing or the other you just hate this guy period No, no, no 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 no, no. there are other aspects of a discussion than just mm-hmm. hate or love You know, that's why you see, that's why I think a lot of people have been labeling and using the cultist term on Bears Twitter. You see that a lot now? Yep. The the cult of Justin Fields. Now there's a, there's a cult of Caleb. Someone has now created the title cult of Caleb for Caleb Williams. We are doing cult battles now. (laughs) <laughs> it is the ultimate absolutist trait we are the if you talk about anything bad about fields you're in the cult of caleb if you talk anything bad about caleb williams you are a you are the cult of fields person you are just complete anti anything on uh-huh. this one subject and I'm like that is the worst way to go about talking about this team and about football it's like typical modern media and social media discussion I despise. It. I wish we could go back to more nuanced conversation that was casual like we mm-hmm. do here. Because it sucks now. It sucks to talk on social media about sports because people absolutely think you if because they haven't met you, they just go you're in one camp. There's no debate on that. You can't be like mixing it up. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm better off just not talking about it because you really don't want to listen.
0: I know and some of those people work for the NFL. That's the crazy part. Yes,
1: yes, yes, I'm looking at you, Adam Rank. Uh, I, I'm, 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 I'm putting you on blast, my
0: guy. I unfollowed him because I, I, I'm like, I love how you're passionate about the Bears. Great for you. You work for the NFL. That's a job we'd all want. Like his job, I would want.
1: He didn't. Un- I, I finally realized the man doesn't know what he's doing when he didn't know what a catch was.
0: That too. That too. There
1: was uh, it was against Cleveland. David Njoku, his only his one his, uh, touchdown catch early on in the in the day in the first half. If you remember, there was like that little bit of a weird like he had that second step where it had his toe come down first, but his heel dropped out of bounds. Uh-huh. Yep, and he went, well, "That's not a catch." His full foot wasn't in bounds, and everyone's like, "You idiot." Toe drags aren't a full foot. How the hell are you not grasping
0: that you just need part of the foot to touch first? I know. I don't know how people... To count. People like him and Nick And he Wright, works for
1: the NFL. He works for NFL Network. I'm like, how do you not know that?
0: People like, him you and, know? people like him and Nick Wright, I'm like, how do you have a job in sports when I'm sitting here like... <laughs>
1: And I get to watch Nick Wright pretty much every day, and you know that.
0: <laughs> I know. You can't say anything. I, I
1: can't avoid it. I am stuck listening to Nick Wright. I have no choice. Yeah,
0: you can't but say anything. At least anything. I can avoid Adam
1: <laughs> on Twitter.
0: <laughs> I unfollowed him, and it's been one of the best things ever. Now, when you did that, when I did that, he still popped up because it was Bears-related, but now I'm to the point – it's finally to the point now where a lot of these things are not popping up anymore, and my life is so much better because mm-hmm. of it, because I don't have to see the idiocy of Adam, of Mr. Rank or whatever the hell is. I don't even care what his name is. His name should be Fired. That's what his name should be. <laughs>
1: Adam Fired.
0: <laughs> Adam Fired from anything talking. Stick to his podcast, which is way better no, than my, mine. My,
1: my thing is stick to fantasy football where he usually does his work on NFL Network because I think you're better off covering that and not wanting to cover, not knowing what a catch. like. Again, you work for NFL Network, you better know what a catch looks like. <laughs> Like, it's silly to some people. Like, why are you so buzzed about this? Because on the resumes, when you are applying to places like this, you better be like an expert at football if you're an on-air personality like that. Right. You know? So, like, that bugged me that he's like, it's not a catch. Yeah, it is. By NFL rule, a toe drag or a toe touching down first is a catch. Please check back on your knowledge of the NFL rulebook. Why do I have to talk to you? Like, this isn't just me. It's like a bunch of people, same thing. Why do we have to discuss this with you? You work with the network that covers the NFL exclusively. Mm-hmm. You should know this like the back of your hand, <laughs> you know, <laughs> put your fandom aside for five seconds and look at what's going on on screen. My guy.
0: I know, but he, he, like I said, when I first ever saw him, loved the bear passion. Like okay, cool,
1: right, and that's fine. But like, but to there's me, a difference between be a fan and you can be rational about yes. watching football too. Yes. You yes. know, it can't, it doesn't have to be absolutes. You see how it goes back to absolutes. There can be gray area. Yep. You know, it doesn't have to be blind fandom. You can be a fan and also go, oh yeah, that that was a touchdown. You know,
0: I think like, for him, he saw yeah. that he was getting more traction when he was defending Justin Fields publicly. Like we said, they wanted. Every network it does get
1: clicks. It does get clicks for people.
0: Every network wanted Justin Fields to be so good, so bad right now, and I think he saw it and said, well, I'm going to go on TV and defend him and say these things and argue with anybody who says different, and I'm going to go here. I'm going to start my podcast and go here, here, here. And he became a mental person in the Chicago Bears thing in NFL where it was like, I, he just. I think he's lost his mind. If you watch him, I think he literally lost his mind. And when you don't know what a catch is, you don't need to work. You know what? You don't need to work for the NFL Network anymore. You need to go work for baseball. Go do baseball. Go do something else. You don't need to be working for the NFL Network anymore for anything if you don't know that. It's time to stop. (laughs) Hey, does he know that a catch also means if your elbow and toe hit the ground? That's a catch. Does he know that? Does he know when you're hurt? I, I I hope
1: so, but he didn't know a toe drag counts or a toe touching down counts. So what do I know? Because it's not like we said it and he changed his mind. He like doubled down on this that day. He was like dead certain. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, you clearly don't know what you're talking about. You you've admitted you don't know what you're talking about, but that it is what it is, what it is like. I, the the, fields does make clicks by the way and it does bring good conversations why you see like fs1 bring him up which by the way you want to have a you want to have a ball with like seeing two analysts go at each other's throats watch speak when they bring justin fields up and see Lashawn mccoy and james jones want to kill each other i can't watch the mccoy is extremely anti-justin fields james jones is extremely Pro Justin Fields, it's to the point where LaShawn McCoy wants to get under James Jones's skin and tease him during shows to rile him up. Like it's borderline where I'm like, oh God, this is going to be a fist in a few minutes if this thing keeps going like this, you know, every time.
0: I, I can't watch any of those anymore. I can't watch anybody and it's sad. So I really don't have a sports thing to watch anymore. I guess the only one maybe, and I don't even do it as much anymore, is Pat McAfee. That's like maybe the only one I can tolerate. Um, I can't watch that. I cannot watch Speak. Yeah. I can't watch First <laughs> You enjoy take.
1: Aaron Rodgers' Conspiracy Hour?
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I go after people. I wish I could talk to Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> I wish I could just go up to Jimmy Kimmel and wear steel metal boots and then take care of business. Like I, I, just, I wish I could do that.
1: I did appreciate the prank they did, essentially, where it's like, we'll bring Aaron on at the end of the season, and the season technically is over, so they just brought him back the next day anyway. Well,
0: <laughs> oh, that was the best part. If you actually listened to what they said, they just said, oh, he's done with season four of whatever, and which was the case every single year. When when the regular season's done, he was done. Yep. But they took it as ESPN told him to get rid of him, and then he comes on the next day, and I no, love I, it. No, I, I
1: laughed. I, I laughed at myself because I even thought that that was like, oh, he's going to be done till like uh, – you know, next fall. And I'm like, oh no, they took the literal sense. That is pretty clever. I feel like an idiot, but I'm laughing at myself for (laughs) believing it that way, you know, but that's Pat McAfee, you know, it's brilliant like that. Yeah. Hottest sports personality in the world right now yeah maybe it's besides Stephen A but that's debatable at times
0: Stephen A's lost his mind too that's a whole other person I wish I could meet Stephen A and just kick him in the face
1: him and Jason Wilcox he had it on his freaking podcast going off on him I mean Wilcox Wilcox jumped the shark years ago but like the fact that he took his time to go after Jason Wilcox who's like way below him and punched down I'm like for a book review (laughs)
0: like what Oh, that's a few that I love to read every single day. He's like, "Can I get stats on Stephen A.'s actual college or high school basketball playing thing?" Oh like, God, the
1: that? one and a half point thing for a game. Where he's like, "How can you even score one and a half? It's impossible!" <laughs> I was like, "Oh wow, that is a, that's a small detail, but it's a very big call because it's like, yeah, that's that's not true. Did you play more games? Are you not saying something?"
0: I know it's it's the best, but then when Stephen Stephen A. crossed the line, a lot. I can't stand him. What happened to him? He – we're way off topic now, but that's know. I know. Okay. I'm,
1: I think we'll wrangle us back and wrap it up is what we're going to do <laughs> for another day is all. Stephen but, A. Uh,
0: basically turned yeah. into Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless lost his mind as it went along, and Stephen A. is losing his mind as it goes kinda, along.
1: Kind of wild how that works, though, doesn't it? But, yeah, yeah, like, he hasn't gotten that, like, thing where he's done something on air to, like, ruin his reputation like Skip and his ratings, but – uh does feel like that's going to trend towards that pattern soon. Plus, Mm -hmm. he's due for a contract update soon. And uh, he says he does not care about loyalty for ESPN. It's about the bag first. So uh, he might be a free agent going somewhere soon enough. Or go independent. He can do that, too. He's already said that, too.
0: Yeah. So we'll circle it back. But, yeah, Bears are kind of – I don't even know. They're not a dumpster – we can call them a dumpster fire if they want, but I think there's a lot of things – there's there's things in place – that yeah
1: they i won't go dumpster fire i, I think it's um I, I think it's like a beater car like or a project car you know thing definitely looks like somewhat of a beater but you know you buy a few parts you fix the panels up maybe paint it mm-hmm. there's a shot there's a shot
0: yep and that's gonna be the talk is are they gonna trade justin fields to atlanta and get some draft picks do they trade justin fields before they hire an oc that that will be a huge decision too. very spicy um i don't think that's going to happen but again it would have to be a good trade deal because of the remarks they made they're trying to build up the stock of because then isn't this is what he's been with the bears for three years or four years who justin yeah because yeah
1: justin this would be three total going on year four so the for the sake of contract like viability where it's like you're still saving good pennies. You kind of have to do it this year so that a team can go, can get that extra fifth year option if they want to justify it too. So this is kind of the make or break if they want to trade him and move on or if they want to keep him.
0: Right. So that's that's going to be the the big thing is do they hire the O.C. first or trade him because, I don't know, I think they hire an O.C. first because then they can get a feel for what they want to do. Do they need a new quarterback? Um I I personally think they need to move on because I think we've seen it. And if you bring in a new OC and you're trying to change everything on him, does it backfire in your face? But then you're Mm. drafting a quarterback who's never done this stuff before. And so it's just they're in a – they're in a reset. They're almost in a reset of the offense again. Yeah. And that's why maybe you just keep fields and see what happens. And who knows – what happens I have no clue maybe you find a diamond in the rough of a backup quarterback that becomes the guy who knows maybe does a quarterback not like where they are they want to be traded are they waiting for something like that to happen and hey we'll give you Justin Fields and we'll take this quarterback that doesn't want to be there and who knows yeah
1: I mean that's the thing like if you're like say you trade with Atlanta like what would you I mean do you just want picks from Atlanta like I don't I don't think I'd want any of the quarter. Do you want Ritter? I don't want Ritter. And I don't want Taylor Heineke. I like Heineke as a player, but I don't want him for what they're doing, you know, right now.
0: Do you find some defensive players there that you want to bring in? They're not going to give up Pitts. You already have Cole Comet. I don't know if you're going to get Mm Pitts. Maybe you do. I have no clue. Um, I feel like if you were to trade Justin Fields for
1: like Pitts. And then draft a quarterback that would be near the equivalent of doing the dj Moore trade because the fact that the falcons have underutilized him since he's come out but i guess that's also under the gaze that kyle pitts has been not used correctly and we're playing it almost like a justin fields where it's like if we just give him the right scenario so we're back into that little like box or just
0: Atlanta's about to get a new head coach, new OC probably, so that's a whole but we're, it feels get traded there. Who who I don't know. Don't care enough. But I don't care. I'm enough. tired,
1: boss. I'm tired.
0: Uh, but I think we covered everything for that part.
1: I think it's a pretty thorough job. It's been a minute, so it's uh it's good to catch back up on the cycle, you know.
0: Yep. Well, uh this was an episode of the bear Down segment that's part of the Coach Steve show. Um you still podcasting over there for other things? I know you're a busy oh man.
1: yeah, man. We're we're going strong. Yeah. USFL Podcast, which is now UFL Podcast, by the way. Mm-hmm. Thanks to the merger of the USFL and XFL. So now we are covering that merged entity. Um you can check us out. Favorite social media platforms at UFL Podcast. Uh, Look up UFL podcast on YouTube for what is going to be regular videos uh, for the most part starting this coming week. We're doing two shows this year, so Fridays will have the regular podcast episodes I always do with my uh, good friend and pal Stefan Raychuk, but we also will have a panel discussion show and recap of the week show with folks from Pro Football Newsroom, which is I'm A part of an affiliate with that is titled around the ufl so Mm. it'll be every monday you'll get that show that's around the ufl every friday in the season at the very minimum you'll get a new ufl podcast episode so stay tuned for that good times ahead also going to be of course trying to jump on with you as always when we can at zach kyleman if you want my personal stuff um and yeah trying to you know, stay up and up and about with my podcasting, you know, it's good. Found the balance, Steve. I finally think I got it all down.
0: That's good. Um, Well, check all that out. That's been uh, the Bear Down segment of the Coach Steve Show. Uh, Go Lions. Go Lions, baby. Let's see it happen.